Well, good morning, everyone, and it is so good to have you with us. We have people in here with us this morning, and uh, we also welcome everyone again on our live stream. And of course, today we're starting the very first of our four weeks of Christmas, and it's going to be a great four weeks. So let's be expectant of this time as we look towards Jesus and why we celebrate Jesus, his birth, of course. So this morning we're going to be uh, sharing and celebrating stories of hope healed, and it's going to be an amazing journey as we take a look in more depth at some areas of the story of Jesus that perhaps we haven't spent much time on so far. So let's begin today by unpacking the scene that we just heard read to us, that we just heard about Jesus in the temple. So of course, at this time, of course, the Jewish nation was looking for the Messiah. They were looking for the great king and the great redeemer who was going to bring about a new kingdom and fulfill all the promises of God in scripture. And as we've just heard, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple to present him to the high priest. And that was the custom at that time. And of course, we saw and we heard that Simeon was there and Simeon was at a great age. And he had been praying and longing to see the Messiah before he actually died. And he was led by the Spirit to Jesus in the arms of Joseph and Mary. And as we heard that, he recognised who he was and he prophesied over him powerfully about his life. But Anna was there too, and this morning we're going to talk about Anna, and we're going to look into Anna's life and see what we can learn from that. And of course, Anna was also led by the Spirit. It says, in that instant she came, and she saw Jesus, and she spoke out also. But what she did is she praised God for this child, who she recognised as a long-awaited Messiah. She also recognised him. So who was Anna and why is her life so significant that Luke in three sentences of the scripture there describes this person Anna? Well first of all it's generally believed by scholars that uh, Luke actually obtained a lot of his information about the early life of Jesus from Mary. So we can assume that this account was given to Luke by Mary. And of course, this was also a very significant time for Joseph and Mary, this time in the temple. But it was also very significant for Anna. And uh, if, it was, if we could see, as we explore this morning, we can see Anna's life and why this was so significant. But first of all, let me say this. If I could summarise Anna's life in one sentence, it would be this. Anna chose to place her hope in God and God chose to reward her faithfulness as Anna saw the long-awaited Messiah. That's one sentence that can just describe Anna's life. So what was Anna's background? How did she come to be a prophetess in the temple in those days? I hear you ask. Well, we know that Anna was a prophetess in the temple in Jerusalem and the Bible tells us it's in the Old, Te Old Testament tradition of Huldah. Now, Huldah was a prophetess who was used by God mightily some 600 years earlier to prophesy a mighty revival of the Spirit of God in temple worship. It had become a bit dull. And uh, Huldah was used by God to prophesy and bring about a great revival in temple worship. In the tradition of Huldah, meant that Anna had a similar place and function in the temple. So we know this. So there are many things we don't know, of course. What we don't know. There's no mention of her family. Perhaps she'd outlived her children. But if she had any living family members, what did they think of her lifestyle? 
Did they share her devotion to constant worship? What about her finances? Was she independently wealthy or did she depend on others? We don't know these things. Who provided her food? These questions remain unanswered. However, the Bible does give us some clues about what Anna was like, about her possible appearance and her character. Her lifestyle of fasting may indicate that she was very healthy. It may indicate healthiness. Her ability to walk around the temple indicates her fitness and that her eyesight and hearing are intact. Her designation as a prophetess indicates her spiritual sharpness and no doubt she was very agile. Well, let's just stand back and just think about how old Anna was at this stage. What else do we know about Anna and what can we learn from her life as she waited for Jesus and Messiah? Well, first of all, Anna's life was focused on God. We know that. So we know that Anna was widowed at a very young age after only seven years of marriage. By this stage, the Bible tells us she had been serving God in the temple for 84 years. Now, some translations, some Bible scholars think maybe she was 84 years of age, but the majority interpret that as she'd been serving God for 84 years, and we'll go with that this morning because we're using the Passion Translation in that part. So Anna would have been around about 100. So think of this woman who's a prophetess in the temple. She's about 100 years of old. She's agile. She's fit. She's healthy, all of these things, and she had spent her life praying and fasting in the temple after she lost her husband. Now, we don't know anything about her husband. The Bible doesn't tell us that, or the circumstances of his death. But we can imagine the loss for a young wife after only seven years of marriage. She would have been very young in those days. We can imagine her sadness, and we can imagine her disappointment. She may have been left wondering, well, what's her life about now? What is my future about now? It's not the future that I thought I was going to have, but God, what does my future look like now? As a young widow, her choices may have been to give in to the sadness, to the despondency, even become bitter, maybe to despair of ever having her dreams fulfilled. The loss of her young hopes and dreams, and one can imagine that as a young woman losing all of that. Anna could have become bitter and even angry with God, but she didn't. Rather than living in misery and despondency, Anna chose instead to live a life to glorify God. Perhaps Anna may have been trusting God that her husband would live. And when God's answer was different, she still trusted God enough to follow a different path for her life. No doubt she was led by God and did trust him for her life. We can see that at the end of the story. Either way, Anna's choice was this, to lay down her young life for God and to spend her life now praying and fasting in the temple. Luke indicates to us that her habits of worship, prayer and fasting represented decades of time. Probably one developed over many decades of her life and that's how she spent her life. Anna was a prophetess, and this means that she did have a place and function in the temple. We don't know how that came about. We do know that um, at the end of her life and at the time we, period where we're looking at, she was recognised as a prophetess. We don't know whether she was when she was young. There are things we just don't know. But the work of prayer is an important part of the life of any prophet or prophetess, and Anna devoted her life to the work of prayer. So for all of us, we've all experienced God's setbacks and disappointments. That is part of life on this earth. 
But God wants you to know this this morning, that he can be trusted over and above everything in your life to bring about a greater future, to bring about his ultimate purposes for your life. And we'll see that at the end of Anna's life here. God, of course, never designs a life to include tragedy. That's never his design. But he does know the future and what he can bring about from our circumstances. And that's the point this morning of Anna's life, what he brought about in her life from her early life circumstances. Now, Anna would have been familiar with scripture and she would have been familiar with this one from the Psalms. And have a listen to this. It's beautiful. It's one we can all be encouraged by this morning. It says this, Psalm 16:8. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. What that says is when we say set the Lord before me, it means we're looking at God. We're looking at him first and we're looking for him for direction. He's before us and he's the one that we turn our gaze on. He's the one who we turn our heart on. And we remember that he is always near because that's what the psalm is telling us. So it means looking to God first and being aware that he is always near. Now, I know in my own life as a widow myself that God can be trusted to bring good out of unexpected life changes. And I know that in the last few weeks of my own husband's life, which is 15 years ago now, God was speaking to me about the future that he had planned for me, to walk with him and to be available to serve him for the rest of my days. God may have spoken to Anna as well. We don't know. Of course, this doesn't eliminate the sadness, and Anna would have felt the sadness, and I know the sadness, but we always have a choice as to which path we're going to follow. One path leads to healing and hope for the future, and that's the path that we follow when we're looking at God, and the other can lead to despair and hopelessness, and that's the path that we don't want to choose. God wants you to know this morning that you do have a choice as to which path to follow. And I feel that there are people this morning who need to know that. I feel that there are people this morning who are wondering, who is Jesus? I've heard the story, but I really don't know him. I haven't encountered him. And I have a choice, is what God wants to say. You have a choice. And he wants you to say that you have a choice. One path leads to healing and hope for the future. You can make choices and that don't allow disappointments or tragedies to direct your life. And that's what God wants to say to you this morning, that you don't have to allow those things to direct the rest of your life because God has a better plan and another plan to give you hope, to heal what you've been through and to give you hope for the future. That's really what he wants to say this morning. And that's why looking towards Jesus is so pivotal and it's so important. It determines which path in life you will follow. So here we are. Here's Anna. She had a choice. What am I going to do now? There might have been other people around her. There might have been other choices around her. But she was following God. And she chose a path. And that would have been an absolute step of faith to follow God. And she did not know when she made that choice as a young woman that that path would ultimately lead to her being able to see Jesus the Messiah at a very advanced age. She didn't know that. She simply trusted God and followed him. And I feel that what God wants to say to you this morning is this. Trust him and follow him and he will lead you down a path that he has for your life that you don't yet know about. So trust him. 
So when you find yourself in the middle of the unexpected, as we all do, and this year has certainly been a year of the unexpected, I don't know anyone who hasn't been uh, put in circumstances this year that have caused us to stop and think, that have changed our direction, that have altered what we thought the year was going to look like. But when you find yourself in the middle of those situations, you do have a choice. You can choose to trust God for your life and the hope that he brings for the future because that is his nature and that is his purpose. That is who he is. He is a God who brings healing. Jesus came to show us that. He's a God who is a God of hope. Jesus is hope personified. Jesus always brings hope. Never, never negativity or condemnation. He will always bring hope for a new future. And I have lived that for myself so I can testify that that is true. Now, it's a scheme of the devil to take you down another path and we don't want to listen to him because he will lie to you and tell you all the negative things. He will remind you of everything that you have lost. He will remind you of the past. He will tell you that God is not good and he will blame God. But I need to say this morning that they are lies. They are lies. They are not the truth. The truth is that God is good, that God is always working on your behalf, that God will always bring about something wonderful in your life when you let him and when you follow him and when you accept Jesus in your life. And there'll be an opportunity to do that later on this morning. So God can be trusted to bring good out of unexpected life changes. That's what we've been saying. And Anna would have been familiar with all of God's promises and she would have been familiar with this. And this is Proverbs 3, 5. And this is a scripture, this is a verse that I have lived by in my own life. So I also say to you this morning that I know that it is true. And it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Because his understanding is greater than ours. When we are in life circumstances like Anna was when she was young, she would not have known the, the future and the path that was open to her, but she trusted God and God will always lead you into that place. He will always lead you into a place of hope and he will always lead you into a place ultimately of hope fulfilled. It may not be the hope that you thought, but it will be a, another hope that he will give you and a much greater hope as we saw in Anna's case. So Anna chose to serve God in the temple as we saw praying and fasting day and night. What a lifestyle. Now, you and I can't go to the temple and live there these days, praying and fasting day and night. But we can, in our own uh, lives, we can adjust those to make time for God. And I think that's the most important thing this morning, that we're able, we, you and I are all able to do that, to take some time aside and to make God a priority in our lives. And praying and fasting is a wonderful way to do it. So... All these years, 84 of them, what was Anna praying for, I wonder? What do you think she might have been praying for while she was praying and fasting day and night? Perhaps we have an indication by what happened at the end of Anna's life, as we've heard. So the Jewish people were longing for the Messiah, as we said before, the one who would fulfil God's promises to them, the one who would be an all-powerful, all-conquering king, and the Jewish people thought that this king was going to set them free from Roman rule, uh, the oppression that they were living under, all of those things. They were looking for an earthly king. But God had another plan and a much greater plan. 
And his plan was to reveal a much greater kingdom through Jesus, a much greater kingdom, a kingdom that is not of this world. That's what Jesus came to reveal. So Anna would have been familiar, of course, with all the prophecies that are there in the Bible that told us that Jesus was coming. And here's one of them. Isaiah 7.14 says this, The Lord himself, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will name him God among us. And of course, that word is Emmanuel, the word that is used, and that means God among us. That sign that God said he would give, Anna would have known that. Anna would have been very familiar with that. The Lord himself gave us a sign that Jesus would come. And that is one of the signs because we know that Mary conceived Jesus as a virgin and gave birth to him. And he is God among us. So perhaps Anna had been praying and asking God that she would live long enough to see the Messiah, who was the hope of Israel. Perhaps that was the hope in her heart because she would have known these prophecies and the, the people were longing for it. We know that Simeon was longing to see him because the Bible tells us that. I think it would be reasonable to assume that Anna was also. And you can see Anna's response when she came in and immediately saw the child. So can I ask you, what are you praying for this morning in your own life? What are you devoting your life to praying for? What are you trusting God for this morning in your own life? What would you like to trust God for this morning in your own life? Because those scriptures, those Psalms, the Proverbs, they're just as true today as they were yesterday and they'll be just as true tomorrow. And you can take those for yourself in your own life, whatever your circumstances are. You can do that. And how many of us might be praying for what we hope to see? I think there are some who are praying for, for many things. There are many people who've prayed for years for certain things to happen. And, uh, you know, God is good and he will allow people to see often what they're praying to see. How much have we already seen in our midst here? And even you watching online, you've seen it too. How much have we seen as answers to faithful, faithful prayers of many? Here we've seen hopes fulfilled. We have seen lives yeah. transformed. Yeah. And where hopes have been lost, we have seen new hope given by Jesus and those hopes fulfilled. There is always something more in Jesus. There is always a new beginning. There is always a new day. There is always a new dawn because that's who he is. We have seen lives healed and transformed. We've seen new starts in life. We've seen people healed physically and emotionally. And it's just the beginning because that's who Jesus is. And I know that if you are needing those things in your life, if you will look to Jesus and you will trust Jesus and depend upon him, he will meet you in those places. So Anna found a purpose for her life that was greater than her own needs. Now, this is important. Her life then was devoted to something that was much greater than her own needs. Anna chose to join God in his master plan for the restoration and redemption of what had been lost in the Garden of Eden. She made a choice to join God in his plan. Now, that master plan is still unfolding here on earth. It's not finished yet. And we know that um, God is looking for people who will join him. And this morning, I feel right now that God is looking for two groups of people who are watching this morning. Now, the first group is this. 
It's those who are looking for Jesus, and I feel that there are those who are looking for Jesus. Those who know about him, but have not yet met him. Those who may have heard of him, but he's a distant person long ago in the past. Later this morning, there'll be an opportunity for all of those who want to know Jesus this morning to accept him, because today he is alive. He is alive, he is working, just the same as he did when he was physically on the earth. He is still here by his spirit, and Jesus wants to know you this morning. He's reaching out to you this morning. Now, the second group are those who are already passionate about his purposes and are willing to lay down their lives for him. And I feel that what God wants to do this morning, he's calling those who are willing to take that step in their lives and lay down their lives for him. Lay it down who are willing to sacrifice their own hopes and dreams for God's dreams. There's a call this morning for these two groups of people. And I have to say, when you lay down your life for God's dreams, your life will never be the same. And there's no greater place to walk than in the dreams of God and in the places that he is working in, the places that he wants to open up to you. And I'll tell you now, it's, it's almost 20 years next week since I turned my back on the corporate world and laid down my life for Jesus. And uh, it has been an amazing journey, absolutely amazing. And uh, I promise you, that God will be faithful to you when you make that choice and you follow him. He will lead you, he will guide you, he will uphold you, he will protect you, he will take you to amazing places. So what happened at the very end of Anna's life? At the end of her life, so here we have a young widow who made a choice. We have 84 years in between, 84 years. Can you imagine 84 years? And no doubt she was looking for Jesus. She was looking for the Messiah. And no doubt, like Simeon, her heart would have been so longing to see him because they were both quite advanced in years. Can you imagine the hope in her heart and the longing in her heart as she prayed quietly before God? God, can I see him? God, will you let me see him before my time here is finished? Can you imagine that? All of those years. Can you imagine the young widow that sadness and the sorrow and that loss of dreams and that loss of hope, but choosing to follow Jesus. And we don't know a lot about what happened in between. We do know that God would have used her mightily as a prophetess to be able to speak his truth and to speak his word. We don't know whether that would have happened if Anna um, you know, had not been widowed and not chosen that path. There are things we don't know. But we do know that here we have this Anna who immediately saw Jesus and immediately began to praise. Her heart just opened up in praise because she recognised who he was. Perhaps you're looking for Jesus this morning and you'll recognise him this morning. Anna also would have known this prophecy, this part of scripture from the Bible, and it's from the prophet Isaiah. And that goes back many hundreds of years, but Isaiah was speaking prophetically speaking the words of God and this is about Jesus and here it is unto us uh, a child has been born for us a son has been given to us the responsibility of complete dominion will rest on his shoulders complete authority on his shoulders on the earth and his name will be the wonderful one the extraordinary strategist this is Jesus the mighty God the father of eternity, because Jesus is eternal. He came from eternity into our lives. The mighty God, 
the Father of Eternity, the Prince of Peace. Jesus always brings peace into lives, into his presence. Great and vast is his dominion. He will bring immeasurable peace and prosperity. He will rule on David's throne and over David's kingdom. Now that was very important to the Jewish people because they understood the throne of David and David's kingdom, very significant in the history of Israel. He will establish and uphold it by promoting justice and righteousness. And that's what Jesus does from this time forward and forevermore. The marvellous passion that the Lord Yahweh, commander of angel armies, has for his people will ensure that it is finished. I'll say that again. The marvellous passion that the Lord Yahweh, commander of angel armies, that is Jesus, has for his people will ensure that it is finished. He will finish what he came to bring about on this earth. And we have the choice and the privilege of being with him and working with him as he does that. So can you imagine Anna? I think about Anna and I think, can you imagine the lost hope of her youth and then the fulfilled hope of her old age? Can you imagine that hope fulfilled that would have been in her heart, that she would have longed for, that she would have prayed for? Now, Simeon, of course, was ready to depart from this life. He'd seen what he needed to see. He was ready to part in peace because he'd seen what he'd hoped for. But what about Anna? Ah, no, she wasn't finished yet. Not at all. It says that she spoke of him to all of those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. She then became an evangelist. She then became a witness to him. She then spoke about redemption has come, that you have, uh, that the redeemer, that the king is here. He spoke to everyone. Can you imagine Anna at this age? Anyone who walked in the temple door, I can imagine she'd be telling them the truth. And uh, it also suggests another thing. It suggests that um, her talk of Jesus to those interested in the, in the redemption of Jerusalem indicates her very deep connection with a like-minded community. She was saying, hey, you've been waiting, he's here. Hey, you've been waiting, he's come. Hey, you've been praying for, he's here. The scriptures have told us, we've helped this prophecy, we've got this one. Isaiah has told us, he's here, I've seen him. Can you imagine her excitement? Can you imagine that as she talked to people? So, with this in mind, Anna shows one model of ageing very well, doesn't it? She's a great inspiration. Luke presents her very positively as a woman without bitterness that may come with age and as one full of hope. She was still emanating hope and speaking hope into the lives of those that she came into contact with. Can you imagine her praise? Can you imagine her song? Can you imagine her joy that she would have then imparted and transmitted? Psalm 71.5 says this, For you are my hope, O Lord God, you are my trust from my youth. You can imagine, that echoes the words of David, that psalm. That was what David said. But you can imagine that would also have been a prayer of Anna. You are my hope, O Lord God, and you are my trust from my youth. Well, I'm not as old as Anna, but neither am I young. And what God wants you to know this morning is never, ever too late to find Jesus. Never too late. He wants you to know that he's calling those who will speak for him. He's calling them into all of those areas that have yet to be fulfilled. And I believe that he wants to touch people this morning and that he's asking people to respond this morning. He's calling those who are willing to change course in your life and allow God to reshape your life this morning. 
You see, when we discover who Jesus really is, not who we think he is, but the real Jesus revealed to us in the Bible, hope is fulfilled. It's fulfilled simply by that revelation of who he is because every hope is answered in him. Everything we long for is answered in him. Anna's response when she saw Jesus was to praise God and then to tell the truth of redemption, that Jesus has come. This morning I'm saying to you, Jesus has come. He has come. He is here. He's calling you. He's drawing you in. And Anna also would have been familiar with this verse. Her heart let out praise. Perhaps it was a psalm, perhaps it was a prayer of praise, but let's look at this one. Psalm 105, 1-3 says this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. That's what Anna did. Sing to him, sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Glory is his holy name. Let the hearts of those who rejoice seek the Lord. That's the joy, that's the glory. Seek the Lord and that's the encouragement this morning. He is the answer. He has come. As we move into the Christmas season, we're celebrating the fact that he has come. We remember how he came. We remember that he fulfilled all of those longings in people's hearts. And he's here this morning to fulfill the longings in your hearts this morning. Healing came into Anna's life from very early loss through to what God did in her life in the end. Anna saw and recognised the long-awaited Messiah. Anna was honoured through seeing Jesus. And her own story is recorded in scripture for all of us to see. God knows the beginning from the end. We know the beginning of Anna's life. We, know, we actually don't know the very end of Anna's life. And there's a lot in between. But God does know. And he knows how to bring about his purposes. Anna's life was spent encouraging others. She was there for God's glory, and so are we. We're here to encourage you this morning, and we're here to show God's glory, who he is, Jesus, the Son of God, who came to earth to die for us. How many might be praying this morning for what we know in Scripture to be true? We know that Jesus is coming again, of course. We know he's coming again. The Bible tells us that, and he's coming again in all of his glory this time. He's coming with the hosts of heaven. He's coming in all his glory one more time to the earth. We know that. How many are praying for God's kingdom to be revealed on earth? That the name of Jesus would be honoured on this earth and that in these last days there'll be a great harvest in this nation. The question this morning for us is this. What is our response this morning to Jesus, the Messiah? Yeshua, as the Jewish people called him, Yeshua who is already in our midst because he is here. What is our response to him? And as we look towards the celebration of Christmas, it's different this year. It's not the end, it's a new beginning. In this season, we can look for Jesus. And I'd encourage you to look for him. Those, I know that there, I just feel it. I can feel it. There's, there are people whose hearts are just longing at the moment. I sense that. I'd love to see him. Where is he? I'd love to know him. Where is he? Well, you can. We'll give you that invitation. What we're going to do right now, I'll be back with you in a few minutes. We're going to um, see our worship team present an amazing, an amazing um, item for you. It's a worship item. It has been written here at Manningham Christian Centre. 
It is about the redemption, Jesus having come, but uh, I actually call it Anna's song. And it sums up Anna's life and Anna's heart so beautifully. And my prayer right now is that as you listen to this, your heart would be open and your heart would be touched. So just open up, just sit back, just listen and let God speak to you through Anna's heart that is going to be sung to you right now. And I'll be back with you.
I hope you enjoyed that. <clears throat> that is absolutely beautiful, isn't it? And you can hear the heart there. If I could summarise this morning's message, it would be in that song and in these four points. First of all, to place our expectations and our hope in God. Secondly, to make choices that don't allow disappointments or tragedies to direct our lives. Third, to trust God to bring about good out of unexpected life situations. And most of all, to look for Jesus in all situations. So right now, I would love to pray with those who would like to know Jesus, who've not met him, who've not had the opportunity to say, Jesus, come into my life. If that's you, would you join me in this prayer? Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came to earth as a man. I believe that you died in my place for my sins. And Jesus, I turn away now from my past life. And I choose to follow you. Jesus, come into my heart right now. I give you my heart. And I want you to be Lord of my life. That is the most significant transforming prayer that you will ever pray in your life. And if you have prayed that prayer, please let us know at manninghamcc.org so that we can help you on your journey with Jesus. And for those who I feel that Jesus is touching this morning, I'd encourage you to respond to him if you are touched in any way in that message, if Jesus is calling you into a deeper walk with him to lay down other areas of your life to follow him, don't hesitate. Say yes to Jesus this morning. Say yes to Jesus this morning and you will find he will lead you on an amazing path when you follow him. When you lay down what you thought was important and he calls you to lay that down and to follow his path, say yes. That's all it takes. But it is a significant decision. So we hope you've enjoyed this morning. It's been great having you with us. And uh, as Kelly said, we're so looking forward to having people back with us on Sunday week the 13th. But in the meantime, have a great week and uh, stay connected with us at manninghamcc.org. Bye for now. <laughs>